Oh, hey guys, this is Jordan Buhat here, back again with anything and everything, and I have so many things I want to talk to you guys about today. You guys sent in some awesome questions on Instagram, because you guys are the bomb, and I want to answer a lot of them to the best of my ability. I also have some fun things that I want to talk about. Maybe some X-Men, maybe some Marvel, maybe some Edmonton Oilers, because I'm a huge hockey fan. So let's get into it. Anything and everything with moi. And we're going to start now. So (laughs) some exciting things that are coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And if any of you guys are fans, just like me, I get hyped anytime I hear news. Let's start with the biggest thing, actually, which is going to be Spider-Man. So Spider-Man was in this weird limbo kind of place in between Sony and Disney slash Marvel. And then all of a sudden, everyone got really upset because it was said that Spider-Man would be no longer available in the MCU. Well, that all changed just a couple days ago. Now, I'd actually heard this rumor months ago, or maybe it was just information and not very well widespread, that Spider-Man is, in fact, going to be back in the Marvel Cinematic Universe for a third solo movie, and that's going to be in 2021. That was just announced a couple days ago, and yeah, I heard this a couple months ago, and I was I thought, yeah, well, I mean, if they already have contracts down for three, which they've only done two, then they got to have that third one, I'm starting to believe this is getting closer and closer to a publicity stunt. I'm not really sure how much of this is actually real anymore, but it's it's a great publicity stunt if that's what it is. And I kind of love it because people love Spider-Man. I don't want to see him go from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but I'm also happy to watch Tom Holland do any of the Sony stuff. It is He's done such a great job with it, and so is Marvel, and so is Sony, that honestly I'm happy wherever Spider-Man ends up. I also love my Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Spidey is officially back for a third movie in 2021 which is very exciting i don't know if you guys are into that uh if you guys are hyped about that let me know um another thing about the marvel cinematic universe is that there are rumor mills rumors going around about the x-men there's a quite a few rumors going around actually um start with one of the most exciting ones is that apparently Marvel has issued a um, an offer to Hugh Jackman to reprise his role as Wolverine. Now, I'm trying to decide if I actually really like this idea or not. I mean, I'm pretty happy with Hugh Jackman having ended his tenure as Wolverine. I am happy if he wants to come back. I'm really interested in what story that they're going to come up with for that. Maybe it's going to be some kind of Thanos snapped his fingers or, you know, Hulk snapped his fingers or Iron Man or whoever. There's so many snaps. And somehow mutants were just created or time or multiverses were opened. And, well, there's so much. We already know that there's a multiverse from uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. And I won't tell you how because, you know, spoilers. But that is something that is brought up in Far From Home. So with X-Men... And the fact that, you know, they're offering, apparently, Hugh Jackman to come back as Wolverine. 
that uh, excites me. I like you. I'm in, I'm into that. I've also heard things like Tom Hardy maybe being uh, maybe being Wolverine, but he's now Venom, so I don't know if that's kiboshed. I've also heard things like Taron Edgerton uh, from Kingsman, him possibly being Wolverine as well. I mean. I can see any of these actors really giving a shot, and I really trust Marvel with their casting. I believe that all of their casting has just been so good that I have no doubt that whoever takes up the helm of Wolverine is just going to kill it. So I wonder if you guys are excited. Let me know. That's not the only thing about X-Men, though. I've heard some uh, pretty saucy stuff in regards to those X-Men with whether or not they're going to be the same cast as Fox, or, from what I've heard, they're looking at making some of those mutants POC, people of color, changing some of their original on-screen or comic book ethnicities. Now, it's all super sensitive stuff, right? Because I believe that everyone has... Uh, there's Everyone has... Uh, a chance or everyone has you know it should be given a fair shot you know not just for swings or not just for tokens or anything like that but I think that's a really great idea for the X-Men mutants to be portrayed at least some as actually really just diverse in general a diverse group of people but I think it really hits home when you use um, people of color to tell the story of mutants because I was doing some reading and the X-Men were based on the, uh, the, the the civil rights movement and I think that what mutants go through and what um, people of color go through or um, LGBTQ, uh, like anyone basically who's a minority go through and that they are able to relate to the stories, and I think that it would be such a relevant uh, way to tell those stories. Um, so, for example, I heard that Magneto could possibly be hold on to your butts, but Denzel, Mr. Washington himself, Mr. Denzel Washington, perhaps, could be Magneto. Now, that's not... I don't know if that's a really good source. I heard it one time, one time. But I think that having someone in uh, in in the U.S. it'll hit really hard with the U.S. audience if Magneto ends up being uh, an African American or an African American um, Jew, which is what Magneto was. He was Jewish. And he's also a mutant. So here's, can we just strip this down for a second? Because Magneto is already like one of the most <laughs> like minority people in the, uh, just it, it, that I can think of in, in regards to X-Men anyway, because he's Jewish and he's a mutant. He's facing double, double the minority, double the judgment, double the, you know, society bearing down on him that... Uh, I was speaking with uh, my buddy Nathan, and he was saying that it's just such a great opportunity to um, to to relate it to the um, to an American audience. If Magneto is not only Jewish, not 
only a mutant, but also African-American, that just, it would just fuel where his source of disbelief that humans and mutants can get along because he'll know the, he'll know the, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He'll know the, uh, the, the effects that a, that beings a triple minority have. If that makes any sense to you guys, let me let me try and rephrase that. Not only being a mutant, you know, he doesn't have that prejudice of, you know, humans not liking him as a mutant, but he has also instilled in him the fact that humans can also still be mean to other humans because he's Jewish <laughs> and he knows, therefore, that it, this isn't a human mutant thing strictly. This is humans and humans that, like, when people are different, they just rip down on you. So I think to make him also an African-American Jewish mutant just really will hammer that down, hammer that message down in Magneto um, to be, to to, to fuel um, his passion to have mutants not merge with humans. I also... Uh, heard a really compelling argument of how Professor X could uh, remain a uh, Caucasian male as well. I think he's from, is he from Britain? You know what, I don't have enough as information on Professor X, so I'll leave that for now. But anyway, that is what I'm hearing, that the X-Men are being opened up to um, people of color casting, which is pretty cool, because, you know, I do like me some X-Men. Some ex ladies, some ex people, some ex humans, right? Um, yeah, yeah. So that's that's all my Marvel. I think that's all my Marvel talk that I have. X Men, Fantastic Four. Hey, well, I say Fantastic Four. Can we please still have John Krasinski and Emily Blunt as Mister Fantastic and the and the Invisible Woman? I think that's a casting that the fans want. That's what I want, and I think it would just look so good. And I don't know who's gonna play everyone else. You know, Chris Evans was Johnny Storm in the, uh, in the, what was it, the 2004 Fantastic Four? 2003, somewhere around there. So, hey, you know what? Bring him back. Captain America's pretty much pooped, right? Um, yeah, so that's my Marvel news. In other news, you guys gave me some questions, so let's answer those, and then maybe we'll go back to my other stuff, but <laughs> who knows? So, a question that I get a lot it's a very general question on Instagram or about the acting industry, actually both. It is, how do I start? And I believe this came from, how do I start? It's it's underscore Ray underscore Canino. And yeah, so they said, how do I start? Now I'm assuming this is regards to acting. Um, there's so many different ways. There's so many different ways. Ray, that you could start depending on where you live, depending on your uh, your finances. You with the internet now, you can start in almost an unlimited amount of ways. So the way I started was that I started in high school. There was a drama program, and that drama class was included in high school. And I started to act. 
And then I just caught the bug. I took more classes once I got into university. I took even more. I finally took four years, four attempts to get into the acting program, and I did. I spent three years in that acting program. And over the course of that acting program, I was flying to New Jersey and flying to um, Orlando to audition for different companies or different managers. And eventually I landed a couple managers who are still my managers to this day. And they were the ones who got me the audition for Gronish. That's such an abridged version. And there's so many different variables that no one's story is going to be the same the exact is mine. No one's story is going to be the same as Will Smith or or anyone else's because we all have our own situations. Um, you could start on YouTube. Like David David Dobrik was just in Angry Birds 2, right? And he started with YouTube. Actually, I think, I believe he started with Vine. So if you want to be an actor or a performer or an entertainer, whatever it is you want to do, take advantage of all of the free platforms that are out there. Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, um, Snapchat. Really start to use that. Um, I think before you even step out the door, before you spend any money, all of those things are free for you to create and to perform. Um, but, of course, you know... It, you're always you always get better by surrounding yourself with those who are better than you. So if you are able to take some classes, right, some coaches, and uh, if you're able to, if you have any friends that are actors as well, go ahead and talk to them and ask them how they start. I plan, I promise you guys, I'm going to have some actors come in here and do some podcasts with me where I will ask them how they all started because I know a lot of my um co-stars definitely did not do the route that I did so I would love to hear and share with you guys how they started so that you guys might have some ideas for them or they might have some ideas for you so that's it's it, it really depends on where you are but those are just a couple ideas so social me- social net or social networks is that right social platforms social platforms um uh, uh, yeah, and signing up for classes, l- going onto the internet and looking up casting in insert city name here, and you will definitely find something. Like I, um, I don't doubt that even like student films where you might not get paid very much or anything at all, but they just need people to be in their films. That's and that's another thing. Like, do some things for free. That's a great way to get some experience and to start acting. It's just look for people who need actors, or look for people who need crew, or whatever it is you're looking for, and offer your service to them. You don't have to get paid for every single thing if you're, especially if you're just looking to learn, right? So, that's look up agencies, look up managers on the internet, and put your city name, managers, and agents in insert city name here. That's always where I would start. Or look up some um, some competitions, acting competitions, acting apprenticeships, acting internships. There's a reason why when someone says, how do I start, that it's never just a simple answer. Like I say, oh, you should start here. Because that really, um, it, it really takes looking into your specific situation. And Ray, you know what, I'm actually going to DM you um, right after this podcast. And I will see what your situation is. 
and we can talk about it and we can see what your first steps are going to be. So I will DM you. Everyone else, hit me up with questions and then we can talk specifically about what your situation is and maybe how you can branch out from where you are. Um, let's see. Let's look at another question. And someone asked me, how do I improve my acting? And that's really, you can really intertwine that with what I just said, using all those platforms, taking classes and practicing at home. In <laughs> I practice my lines to get better at my lines before I arrive on set over and over and over again in my house, walking back and forth. And just, I say them over and over and over over again so practice yeah rehearsal Ooh, here's a good question how does a self-tape work so a self-tape is a type of audition where you actually don't go into a building and audition in front of people a self-tape is where well again it can happen so many different ways for example when i self-tape i set up a camera in my house against a blank wall and I use whatever material that I've been given for the audition and I, I record myself that's what a self-tape is and I send I take my copy I send it to my team my managers and then I send it they send it to wherever it goes once I send it to my team then it's kind of out of my hands and um, this is where they take over this is what they're good at so that's how self-tape works, where you just record it at home instead of going in. Self-tapes can also, you can also go into certain establishments where someone's made a business out of recording people's self-tapes. They even offer coaching. They offer to send it off for you. They offer to, you know, put it in a video format that looks really beautiful. Like I've had that before for sure, where I paid for coaching. They film it. They send it to their own editor and then they edit it and they send it to my team. It's, it's really quite, um, quite a fun process. I actually really love self tapes because I can sit there and go over my my tape and really make it how I want it to be. I can look back at the take and say, I kind of want to show this. I kind of want to show this. Whereas when you go into the room. You've got one shot, one opportunity. And that is, um, it's really great because you get to meet the, the producers or the writers or whoever's going to be there that, at that time. You get to have establish a personal connection. Um, but uh, performance anxiety is a thing. I definitely get nervous when I go into auditions. And you might put up your best work or you might not. You get one shot though. Whereas in a self-tape, you get to take as many shots as you can but you don't get to connect so it's really a pros and cons list uh, going going very deep um whether or not self-tapes are actually better though self-tapes allow you know what they allow for people who are not in the same city to get auditions that's how it happened for me i booked gronish on a self-tape um well not directly because i w what happened was is i sent my self-tape to my agents or to my managers and then they sent it to the casting at Gronish. And I was living in Vancouver at the time, near Vancouver. And the casting was in Los Angeles. So I would not have gotten Gronish if it wasn't for self-tapes. So eventually they brought me down to L.A. so that I could do it in person. 
but self-tapes are just such a great tool for those who are all around the world. Like, I cannot wait for some of my, my, my friends back in Edmonton and Calgary, Alberta to submit self-tapes for things that are happening out in Los Angeles or things that are happening elsewhere so that we can really have more exposure to places like Edmonton where they're not exactly as exposed as L.A., if that makes any sense to you guys. Um, let's do another question, yeah? I'm doing a lot of ums and so's, but I, uh, I'm in deep thought. What can I say? How to learn lines. So how to learn lines is another one um, in regards to practice. You have to practice. You just say them over and over and over, you know, and over and over again, and that's one way to do it. You can also learn lines by really breaking down the script word by word, sentence by sentence, figuring out what um, each, each well, like, well, what's the meaning of every single sentence? Why are you saying these things? To who and for what reason? And this, of course, is also happening. I'm not saying that I don't do this. I'm saying that this is another way to really get your lines down. But some people do uh, association, so they'll learn their lines. And then while they're learning their lines, they'll they'll say things like, I'm going to do this whole thing as this color. Like, I'm going to say, I got to go home. And they're going to say, but I'm going to say this in some form of blue. So when I think of blue, I'm going to say, I got to go home. Or if I say red, I was like, I got to go home. You know, or it's green, it's like, I gotta go home. I don't know. This is it's it's just different fun little tricks for you to say your lines over and over and over again, honestly, and to be able to paint your words with different colors. Oh, you see what I did there? I did not mean for that. Um people asked me how long did it take for me to get an agent? Now, actually, I have two managers and not an agent. And that's something that is definitely doable in this day. Uh, people ask me what's the difference between agents and managers. And again, it's very, very individual. You know, um, let's say on paper, an agent is the one who gets you the auditions. And um, yeah, so let's say, make it very simple. Agent gets you the auditions and manager takes care of you. In, in, in regards to what do you need or are you ready and they send you papers and all this kind of stuff whereas the agent usually gets you the auditions but that's not always the case I mean like I said my managers are unbelievable and they get me um, my auditions as well and they also treat me so very well and it's I think there's I think it's starting to blur you know, I, I get this feeling that agents and managers really are starting to blur because managers take on some of the roles of agents and agents take on some of the roles of managers. But anyway, here, let me get to the question. How long did it take for me to get an agent? And it kind of took me years. It took me years to get an agent. I was in university and I did an acting competition in Florida. I flew down from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, down to Florida and auditioned for a whole bunch of act or a whole bunch of managers and um I wasn't really feeling any of them we all those who were interested in me I sat down with them 
And sometimes those meetings lasted maybe a minute. And I just wasn't interested in any of them. And they weren't interested in me once I got talking, whether it was because I was Canadian and I, 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 I ah, Lord, and I needed a visa or I was in university and they said, contact us when you're done university. So I didn't click with anyone. I went back to school and I went back to the same competition about a year and a half later. And I finally found my managers then. So it took me about a year and a half to even find some people that I really liked. However, I didn't necessarily sign with them yet because I was still in school. And this is what I really liked about um, my managers is that they said, no, we'll wait. It's all good. We'll wait for you to get out of university. So they waited another half year. So it was two years um, from when I started looking for a team to when I even started having the conversation uh, with them about what a career could be. So if you guys are looking for agents and it's taking a long time, or you're looking for managers and it's taking a long time, uh, it's it took me two years. It could have taken me four if I didn't do some of the things I, uh, like if I didn't go down the road that I chose, you know, if I didn't go to Florida, it could have taken me six, 10. Like it really, really depends. So just because it took me two years doesn't mean that it could take you two years. It could take you just a few months. For some reason, you catch someone's eye and boom, they've got you. They've got you. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it took me quite a while to find managers. And I know, understand that there's a whole bunch of different ways to find managers. That's how I found mine. And again, I'm going to try and get some other cast members, other actors um, on to this podcast to see how they got there, how, how they were discovered, as it were, you know? You know what I mean? And yeah, those are just like some really amazing questions, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to to ask me things. I know sometimes it can be kind of nerve wracking to do so, but I would say always ask, always ask. Send me send me questions so that we can really figure out how we can get you from um, A to B, or how at least if I say something that clicks in with you, then you can be like, yes, okay, great, I'm gonna go do that. I'll definitely do another Insta story where I say, hey, guys, hit me up with some questions. And if I haven't answered some of the questions that you guys sent me, then I will answer them then because we have unlimited time to talk about how the heck do we do this thing called having an acting career or a performing career or any kind of career. You know what? Ask me things. I'll ask. I'll answer with advice of, you know, at least in things that I'm knowledgeable about. How do I become an electrician? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but I will tell you that. I'll tell you that I don't know. Last thing I want to talk about, guys. I don't know how many people here are hockey fans, but I'm a huge hockey fan. I love some Edmonton Oilers. I am from Edmonton, Alberta, Canada, and the hockey season is upon us. We start, I believe, on October 2nd, and it is going to be hopefully another year of improving. Our team blows chunks for, I don't know, the last 14 years, and when I say blows chunks, we're not a we're not horrible. It's just we haven't we've made the playoffs once. <laughs> and I don't care because they're my Edmonton Oilers. 
we've had a whole bunch of preseason games so far. We lost a couple, but it's preseason, so it really doesn't matter in regards to whether you win or not. It's about who is going to be on that starting roster in October. And I've heard some really good things about these defensemen coming up, these young guys. Ethan Bear. Ethan Bear is he's coming up and looks like he's going to be in our top four. Looks like he's going to be in our top six defenseman at very least. And uh, so let's keep an eye on Ethan Bear, guys. He's young. You know, he's a nice uh, somewhere in the 22 to 24 range, I believe. I believe. Um, but he was, he's was he been in the system for a couple of years, and I'm finally excited for, t- for him to crack the lineup. It's always good to see young guys getting a shot, right? And as for our... Uh, goalie situation well we've got a mischievous mr mike smith coming over from calgary flames and we are all wondering oh my god how much is he gonna rip into our into our team when uh he sees hopefully he doesn't see this but when he sees the uh kind of deflation that happens to the edmonton oilers when we get scored on uh, a lot so it's but we have a new coach, so maybe that deflation won't happen. In the past with the Oilers, when we get scored on a couple times in a row, it really kind of deflates us. Or if we get scored on ever, it kind of deflates us, and that's kind of sad. But I hope that that doesn't happen to us this time. I hope that doesn't happen to us with uh, with this new coach that we have, Mr. Dave Tippett. He came over from the Arizona Coyotes. And from what I hear, he's going to establish some kind of workhorse mentality into these guys. Because let me tell you, I hate watching and seeing the team that I love just lose hope. Lose hope. It's so sad. I, You would like to th- watch a team who, even if they're losing, that there is fight until the very last second. I don't want to watch a team, you know, that's that's losing. That's never ideal, but they're my home team, and I'm going to stick with them. And I hope that there is a sense of fight to the very last minute of every single game. Because a lot of the time, they, uh, they've they shown up, or they haven't shown up. Actually, let me change that. You know, a lot of the time, they've come to the rink, at least, and it looks like they didn't warm up properly. I don't know what was going on, but they get just steamrolled in the first 10 seconds, and... Why do I cheer for a team when I clearly am just super pessimistic and usually I have a really optimistic view on everything? So let's uh, let's spin this around. Guys, this is a brand new season, right? We've got some new people in the house. We've got James, the real deal, Neil, possibly cracking that top six to go right beside the Nuge, my favorite player on the Edmonton Oilers, just so you guys know. I don't know what you want to do with that information, but there it is. And, uh, I mean, we have the best player in hockey, Connor McDavid. He is, th- this is not a biased opinion. This is, He is the best player in hockey. So, when you have the best player in hockey, you just have ultimate, y- ultimate optimism spewing, spewing from me. So, hopefully I get to see some Oilers games across the season here as um, maybe when Lucy and I go back home to Edmonton, we'll catch an Oilers game. Or when we, because uh, Lucy's going to be moving in here at the end of February to Los Angeles, 
that maybe there will be a couple Oilers games or an Oilers game down here in Los Angeles against the Los Angeles Kings. Who knows? Who knows? Sometimes I go to the games here with my friend Brandon, and maybe we can all go because that sounds like a really good time. Yeah, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Edmonton Oilers, let's go. Let's goilers. I am ready for this season. So thank you guys for joining me today on another Anything and Everything podcast. It really turned into what it is to, what the process is to starting out and acting. And I think the biggest thing that you guys should really take from this is that it's it's different for everyone. It's truly, the path is different for us all. And you just have to find the right best ones. And I know that, and I know that you, you're here for me to tell you exactly what to do or at least to give you tips. So hopefully at least some of the ones I gave you will do. And I will definitely be answering DMs. So always hit me up in the DMs on Instagram. Hit me up on Twitter. All of it is Jordan Buhat. And uh, I will chat to you guys next time. Guys, I'm loving podcasts because I'm a chatty McGee. And if you guys give me something to talk about, oh my Lord, I'm going to talk about it a lot. Yes. So thank you for joining me. Jordan Buhat, anything and everything. Thanks, guys. Catch you on the flippity flip.